Now, one thing Rusty wanted to do today was just talk a little bit about um, our small groups that we offer here. And I just was going to start, and this is a, uh, a quote from one of my favorite theologians who happens to be named Rusty Kennedy. The, uh, but one thing Rusty says, and I, I don't like trite worldly sayings, but I like trite little sayings when they line up with Scripture. And one thing Rusty says frequently is, it's all about Jesus and people. And that is just, it just so, so accurate, so true. And that's one thing about these small groups. You know, Rusty said, Matt, just stress to everybody. It's a place where you can minister to others. You can get to know people. They can minister to you. You know, I mentioned in prayer time, Al Coslow's at uh, IU Saxony right now. Al's part of our Friday morning uh, group. He was there just this last Friday. I just got that news this morning. And this is where, again, this is where we get to know people. So I hope that, that we can find a time slot that, that works for you. That, you know, I, I hate to say the word plug in, but just get to know people, right? And if we can't find a time slot, maybe, we could, maybe you could start one, right? And if you don't feel equipped to lead a Bible study, nobody does when they start. Nobody does. But as you've heard before, God equips the called. And if you're being called to do that, let's, let's talk about that. We want to do that. The, uh, and that's, that's one thing that, um, one verse of scripture that I, I, that I love. It's Romans 10, 17. It says, the, uh, so faith comes from hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, the word of God, depending upon your, your translation. Faith comes from hearing, hearing by the word of God. That's not just initial faith of salvation, of out of hell into heaven, right? That's faith in how to live. And that's oftentimes what we talk about here at Leavener, is we're trying to encourage each other to live. If, if you are not sure whether or not you know, you're a, a Christian, if you're not certain of your forgiveness, oh, we'd love to talk to you about that. You know, we don't have an organ player here. We don't have someone playing, you know, a, a hymn until all the souls come up and commit. But if you want to do that, by all means, please, love to talk to you. A lot of people here would love to talk to you about that. But if you're a Christian, right, and you don't own your forgiveness, and I mean own it, let's put a stake in the ground today and you can own it and not question that again. And you can get on your knees at bed at night right next to your bed, praying, and you can thank God for your forgiveness and thank Him for that, that that's a fact. Those who are in Christ, part of that is forgiveness. But that's not all you get. But wait, there's more. The, um, so as we were, we were going through and looking at the, um, the different groups that we have, um, you know, I, I, I think a lot of times we, we use the word identity around here. And identity, I hate to make it a systematic theology, but I see it in three parts. I've been leading a, a men's group now. We're in the 15th year. And the idea of identity, I see people grasp it at three different levels. And it kind of lines up with First John. Uh, you know, the babes in the faith, the young men in the faith, the fathers in the faith. But the first piece of that, the very first piece is forgiveness. If you don't get that, you can't move to the second piece. That's where I just want to stress that. If you want to talk about that, let, 
like I said, let's just get that buckled down for good. Forgiveness is a fact. If you are in Christ, you are, that is, forgiveness is yours. The second piece, and this is, comes at my favorite chapter in the whole Bible, is Romans 7. It, I feel like it's just the pinnacle of the whole book. Because Romans 7 is where Paul recognizes the power of sin. He recognized there's a battle going on in his mind. As there's a battle going on in maybe all of our minds right now. But it's not a civil war. It's not a civil war going on in your mind. It's not a good dog, bad dog. It's not a, an angel on this shoulder and a devil on this shoulder that both look like you. That's not accurate. Paul acknowledges who the enemy is in Romans 7. It's the power of sin that dwells in these bodies. right? You and the Holy Spirit versus the power of sin. The greatest thing I ever learned out of Romans 7 is this, is that Paul points out the fact it's no longer he who's do, generating these thoughts in his mind. But if the power of sin can put a thought in your mind using first-person pronouns, it can hijack your mind. It can make saints act like sinners. It doesn't make you a sinner. It can make a saint act like a sinner. It can make a saint sin. It doesn't change your identity. Right? Because there's 60 verses that say that you're a saint. And you can look and search, and we can maybe argue about one verse you might find to say that you're a sinner. I'm not saying that we don't sin anymore. I'm just saying that Scripture now says that you're a saint 60 times over. And I would say you don't have one verse that says, I'm a dirty, rotten sinner. So you're a saint, right? That's good news. That's very good news, right? So we've got forgiveness. We've got the power of sin. We, you know, flesh. You know, I, I like how Kevin Willard describes flesh as our old techniques of how we go about, you know, manipulating things to make it go our way. These old habit patterns that we might have. Right? Not anchored in trust. It's anchored in our old, our old, you know, our old ways. Right? So the power of sin and flesh, it's just, it's, it's wonderful to know what that is. Because now it's, it's like getting Satan's playbook. And you know what he's using to try to get you and trying to hijack your mind. And then the, the, the third piece is rest. And that comes out of Hebrews chapter four. There now remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. You know, the fathers in the faith know him who's been from the beginning. I mean, you can battle, sure. It doesn't mean there's no battles anymore. But in the battle, you can trust he who dwells within you to fight those battles through you. And you can trust him who dwells within you in the good times too. And sometimes in seasons of tall cotton can be very distracting. Spent a lot of time this past week with good friends who are not believers. Love them. Very good friends. But what I found is that Scripture, and this is a Shelley Speckman word she shared with Luke when he was interviewing Dale and Shelley a couple weeks ago. Shelley mentioned she was sitting up here, and it just hit me so heavy. After she went through the banquet, the word that she shared, she said, I found that the Bible was relevant. There's relevance in the Bible. I would tell you this. <laughs> The Bible is the only thing in my life that makes sense right now. If you don't find Scripture to be relevant in your life, well, let's talk about that. And that's why we've got the small groups. Because there's just so much, right? Jesus said, I came that they'd have life and have it abundantly. I want to know what that is. 
What is this abundant life he talks about? He had no reason to lie to us about an abundant life. What is it? And I tried the behaviorism. I tried being a behaviorist. I tried that. If you're stuck in religion, man, I can relate to you. I've been there. Right? And I can grit a smile as well as anybody. But it's not an abundant life. That's not it. Right? Come as you are right now. Right? Enter this thing. Remember what Jesus said to Paul? My power is perfected in weakness. What component of your life are you holding on to? What component of, of your life are you telling God, I got this covered. Take care of my kids, right? I've got this, this room covered. You take care of these other rooms. Give them, open, up all, open it all up. Let him take over all of it. Because whatever you're holding on to is probably the aspect of your life where you have the, le- the, the least amount of peace. And I've heard people say this, is that, well, let it go, let God have it, because it'll hurt less when he's prying your fingers off. What I've found is God doesn't pry your fingers off of it. He'll let you go to your grave holding it. It's your choice to let it go. He'll ask, you done with that? Are you done clinging to that? You ready to let that go? He's not going to pry your fingers off of it. The Spirit's gentle, very gentle. But if I cling to my pride, right, will he let me go to the grave with my pride? He will. Absolutely will. Whatever you might be clinging to. And then in Jude, it says, you'll be presented blameless with great joy. (laughs) Right? So whether I cling to these things, it just if there's an abundant life to be had right now, that's what I want to talk about. And I want to hang out with people that want to do that. And encourage each other to do that. But it's not accountability to your behavior. I don't want you to focus on something not to do. I want you to focus on living. Jesus, I came to have life and have it abundantly. Well, let's focus on living. And that's what these small groups are, are doing. And the uh, you know, as, as we go through these small groups, um, the leaders of all the small groups couldn't be here today. But the youngest group that we have right now is the junior high group, which is led by Doug Shreve and and Caroline Shreve. They couldn't be here today. And Doug emailed in, and what Doug said is that, you know, with the junior high group, what we're trying to do is this. We're trying to give them exposure to Scripture, and we want them to know that they're loved. We just want them to know that they're loved. Now, who wouldn't want their junior high kids to sit with Caroline and Doug Right, and the day of the week for that is is Monday nights. So if you got junior high kids, that's a place they can go, and it is wonderful. The uh, Joey, you were part of that junior high group, weren't you? Joey, did you feel loved? Yeah. The uh, Joey Getchell is, is just finished up uh, eighth grade. He'll be going on to high school next year. Hamilton Heights, is that right, Joey? The uh, but Joey came through the junior high group. Um, we were camped together last week, a couple weeks ago. Um, but that's where, again, you get exposure to Scripture, you know that you're loved. The, uh, I'll, I'll add this, too, about Joey, is that he is, the, the kindness out of, out of him is, it reminds me a lot of his mother. His sense of humor reminds me of his dad, but his kindness reminds me of his mother. 
And the, our first day, we were, we were in the cabins. Someone comes in, and it's, it's time I'm trying to get these junior high kids to sleep. And someone goes, Joey, Big John wants to see you. Well, that's like the principal's calling you down to the office. That's not good. <laughs> but Big John ministers to Joey. And I've learned something from Big John. If you know Big John, John, just raise your hand. I'm not going to make you talk. John, Big John's back there. John taught me this years ago is that you don't always need scripture. Sometimes you can just live it. You can use words if you want to, but actions speak very loudly. And maybe that's a paraphrase of St. Francis of Assisi, but I would tell you this, I learned that from Big John. And I've seen him do that, and I've seen him encourage other, other people. It's another way of doing it, right? It's Jesus and people. Maybe it's scripture. Maybe it's, you know, maybe it's working together, working side by side. But let's get connected with others, right? So the junior high group, if you've got junior high kids, that's Monday night, 7 to 8 p.m. The, uh, we also have a high school group. You know, that's at Rusty and Michelle's house. That's on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8 p.m. The, uh, obviously, Rusty and Michelle are not, not here today. The, uh, Mr. Kyle is here. Kyle, want to raise your hand? If you met Kyle, Kyle is Rusty's intern this summer. He, uh, we stole him from Camp Zion last year. <laughs> He's been a blessing to, to us. The, uh, Kyle, how would you describe the high school group and your, your goals and efforts in there? Yeah. Um, so there's been like a newer group of kids involved in the high school. And so Rusty's goal was to let them know their identity and what we were just talking about and loving on them. And uh, now he's working for Hebrews in there in Hebrews chapter 5. And uh, as somebody that's coming in, I've only been a part of it for about four or five weeks now, but there is just so much evidence of love, uh, so much, just so much connection happening between these kids. Because not every week is like, you know, going to scripture. Some weeks it's getting to know them and uh, loving on them. So, Amen. The, uh, where are you in Hebrews right now? Hebrews chapter 5. 5, okay. So you've been through 4. Yeah. The, uh, Judy enjoying it? The uh, Judy Getchell is kind of one of the, the, the leaders of the group and the uh, Judah is, is uh, incredible. I don't know. There's, there's no words to describe that. The uh, another Stu, the... Uh, Stu's over here. Stu's just graduated. Stu, the, have you enjoyed the high school study? Eddie, you've enjoyed the high school study? The, uh, we have young men and young women in this high school group that these kids can look up to, right? We've got, you know, people Joey's age, they're going to be freshmen. They've got kids that are juniors, seniors, that love Jesus, that are chasing his heart, right? There's three of them just right here. And I would tell you, my own son had said this about Stu, and I get choked up when I talk about Stu. The, uh, my son had said, I've not looked up to someone spiritually as much as I look up to Stu since, since Corey Kennedy. And sometimes I, I don't know if these kids realize the impact they're having on the younger, the younger ones. And the Judy, you've done that. Stu, you've done that. Eddie, you're doing that. And I'm, well, I'm just so grateful for your hearts in that ministry because it's not just you. Right? It's not just you learning, right? The fruit of the Spirit, it's like a fruit tree. You put off this fruit, and the rest of us get to enjoy it. And thank you for that. 
right? So it is neat to see how this is just, this is just, this encouragement just goes on and on because God's the, he's the, the, at the center of all of it. The, uh, so I'm, again, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for you guys and, and the, um, that high school group, very grateful. The, uh, they do a women's study, women only. The, uh, that's at our house on Wednesday mornings. Ron, is Shannon here today? Oh, she, she, not, she knew I'd call on her. The, uh, so, is she remotely? The, uh, Shannon Cox is probably the greatest teacher we have at Leavener. Ron, would you agree with that? Yeah. Kirsten, would you agree with that? The, uh, Shannon is brilliant, but she's got this brilliant mind that she can make analogies that we can all wrap our arms around and, and further understand God's heart, right? And that's the purpose of all this, right? We don't study scripture so we can memorize and impress somebody. We put our nose in the book so we can better understand the heart of God. That's why we do it. Get to know each other and understand what it means to live by his life. The, uh, but that is, that's on Wednesday mornings at, uh, at our house. It's 10 to 11.30 a.m. And if that time works, it's wonderful. Uh, sometimes Michelle leads it. Kirsten, I know you've led it before. The, uh, you can see she, Kirsten's back there right now. She looks very nervous. <laughs> that's my beautiful wife. The, uh, but that's where I, I, I think that, again, teaching for the first time is never easy. But you, I, I do think that you're equipped. And if you hear a lie in your head that you are not, uh, you are not ready to do this or not able to do it, just recognize that it's just a lie. The, if you feel led to do that, you know, jump in and offer to lead and. Because I'll tell you this, when you lead a group, you're forced to dig in deep, very deep, because you start getting questions, and then you have to go dig out the answers. And I've just found that to be a tremendous, tremendous uh, use of time. But that's Wednesdays. That's ladies only. Wednesday mornings, 10 to 11.30 a.m. The, uh, that's the next one here is, is Wednesday night. Shannon has a study at her house, and that is 6.30 to 8. Does that sound right? 6.30 to 8, Ron, on Wednesday night at Ron's house. Shannon leads that. Um, again, women only, but as, as far as teachers go, I, I just, I, like I said, I think Shannon is just off the charts. The, so if that fits in your schedule, that's women on, on Wednesday nights. The uh, Friday mornings at the well. We're old blue. You raise your hand. And Luke Dunnick, the, uh, these two gentlemen help lead men through a study on, on Friday morning. What are you guys going through right now, Luke? Uh, we're here going through uh, judges. Judges. All right. So you go one group six to seven, and then another group seven to eight? So Blue, you do six to seven, and then Luke, you do seven to eight. Okay. And just different, you don't even, they don't always line up what you guys are studying. Okay. And then you guys get a room there? Is that right at the well? The, uh, very good. And you guys have been doing that for a while now, haven't you? Okay. The, uh, and you guys have bounced through some different books. The, uh, Blue, what's been your favorite book? 
every day, like we go Friday morning at six, the guys show up. Um, Old Testament at six o'clock is it's crazy, but it is a lot of life lessons in there. But um, we went through Hebrews, that was really good. Uh, we can't really the uh, believe me when I say this, we have been accused of only looking at the Book of Romans here at Leavener. We've been accused of ignoring the Old Testament, um, but obviously you've taken people through Judges. You you went through Job, right? I, I mean. Right. Joshua Judges Ruth. That was a great Lyle Lovett album. If you don't never heard that one, that was the name of it. <laughs> the uh, yeah, that that I I just I want to I want to clarify this. We we get you know that idea of of we only teach. Paul's writings or, or Romans or, or, you know, New Testament. One thing we do want to stress here, and, and, and please think about this and, and dwell on it if you don't already own this. The New Covenant starts at the cross. The New Covenant starts at the cross. Casey, I see you nodding your head. <laughs> Casey Tyner owns that. Good. The, uh, the New Covenant starts at the cross. The New Covenant did not start at Matthew 1.1. The New Covenant did not start on Christmas. Right? Galatians 4.4 says, Jesus was born of a woman born under the law. The New Covenant starts at the cross. It will impact how you read the Bible. It will change everything. When I first down, I talked to Keith Tyner. This was December 31st, 2004. I'll never forget it. And Keith brought that up to me. And one thing he pointed out is that, you know, once the cross comes along, the tenses of the verbs change, right? About you being forgiven. And I, at that time, and I would encourage you to do the same. You can go home. I had a little concordance. I went home and looked at all the uses of the word forgive after the cross comes along. It's one of the most encouraging things I've ever come across. And if you've not done that, I encourage you to do that. But isn't that amazing? that that book was written 2,000 years ago and the relevance it has today in our lives and the battle that goes on in our minds. What everybody wants is the fruit of the Spirit. Everybody wants it. There's only one way to get it. The only way to get it is to walk by the Spirit. And that's where, again, I just so enjoy you know, study and encouraging other people to chase this. And don't stop. Don't plateau. Keep chasing his heart. Keep chasing. There's more. There's more. The uh, so that's at the well. The again, Scott, six to seven a.m. LD. Luke from uh, seven to eight. That's at the well. Downtown Fishers. It's the coffee shop there. The uh, we've got a, a, again the fifteenth year of study at my house. It's it's men only. The uh, it's seven to eight a.m. We have room for more. You're always welcome. We do not take attendance. But if it ever fits in your schedule, please come by. You're always, always welcome. The, uh, we just finished up 1 Corinthians. I'm not sure what we'll be going to next next week. Um, but it, always welcome, just so you know. The, uh, 
If you need my address, I, I'd be happy to get that to you. Tyner Small Group is now Monday nights, right? That was for years. It was Fridays, wasn't it, Keith? And that's couples, singles, everyone. All right. The, uh, and that's 6.30 to 8 p.m. The, uh, and the, Keith, what, how, do you, how do you run that? Do you do a book of Bible? Do you do a verse? How do you? And you got room for more folks. That's Monday night at Tyner's from 6.30 to 8 o'clock. The, uh, a couple of guys that have mentored me in my life, one is Kevin Willard. Kevin's over here with a hurt back because he moved to pickup truck of firewood yesterday. <laughs> the, Kevin, you can just raise your hand. The, uh, so Kevin and Keith, the two, two guys that have mentored me over the years, one thing that, that sticks out to me is they both have Bibles that have no commentaries in them. No commentary. And they just trust the Spirit will, will show them this the truth that's in there. Right? And that's where I love to hear what other people think about Scripture. But I want to know what you think about it. I don't care what Spurgeon says about it. I want to know what you say about it. What does it say to you? How does it speak to you? Because I think What's happened too much is we've treated ministers much like we've treated professors or teachers, as if there's some sage on the stage. Well, we're not. You're equipped with the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead. And that spirit can make revelation to you. I can't teach you anything. Right? I can talk to you. I can encourage you. But I'm not going to argue into the kingdom, and I'm not going to argue anybody into maturity. You're not going to argue me into maturity. It's just your relationship with Christ. The, uh, and I think there's incredible benefits to growing that relationship. An incredible relevance in Scripture. The uh, Words group is on, this is uh, couples and singles, Thursday night, 6.30 to 8.45. Dan Lukey. The uh, then you want to raise your hand. The uh, Dan, what are you guys going through right now? Okay, it's some tricky stuff in there. Yeah. Okay. And I'm a firm believer in Acts 17. Which is? Amen. 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 Acts 17 the, the, uh, says the Bereans were of more noble character. They would check back to Scripture with what was being taught. And we'd, Rusty always says that. Rusty, has said, Rusty says, don't believe anything I say. I say to him, don't believe anything I say. Just go back and check it out Scripture for yourselves. 
and make it your own. Don't parrot what another teacher says. Own it. Right? All the glory to God. I don't care if you saw John 3.16. There's not a person in the world that, that made you see that. God reveals that to you. Right? Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anybody opens the door, I'll come into them. God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. When I have plateaued in my life, it's usually in seasons of pride. I've used identity principles to hit people over the head with. It's, it's not supposed to be used that way. Right? It's to love others and encourage others. The, uh, so do not use Scripture as a weapon. I say that because I've done it. <laughs> the uh, Panera, this is uh, looks like it's a hangout for men on Tuesday morning, 7 to 9 a.m. Keith, you guys, you guys have been doing that for a while now, haven't you? The, uh, and it's the one on 96th Street, is that right? Okay. The, uh, we, one thing I'll tell you that coming back from camp, everyone thinks the camp is just for the kids. I, one of the really, one of the great things I learned at camp, uh, I was talking to Keith and Keith was, Keith and Charlie and I were, you know, leading this small group of kids and Keith was talking about this purple elephant on roller skates that came down the, the hill and flipped all the way out into the, into the lake. And he asked the kids, what are y'all thinking about? You know, we're thinking about purple elephant on roller skates. You know, how do you stop thinking about a purple elephant? And Kenzie Ward said, you, you set your mind, you think about something else. You think about something else, which is true, right? It's Philippians 4, right? Whatever's true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, of good report, meditate on these things. Set your mind on something else. But as we talk about the power of sin, one thing that Keith mentioned about that is that these, these fears that we get, these anxieties that we get, right, be, be very careful of putting my in front of that. When we call it my fears or my condemnation or my anxiety, you don't have anxiety. You have the power of sin. When you put my on it, <clears throat> I'm not saying I win all my anxious battles. I'm, I, I don't win all the time. Just saying that there's victory that can be had. And if you have condemnation coming into your head, if you have anxiety coming into your head, I get it. And I understand, right? There's chemical reactions that happen and all that. I understand. But that's why I so love these principles that we talk about so often. It's because, again, it's that the, the power of sin is trying to do anything it can. Drag you to the future and make you anxious. Drag you to the past and condemn you. But remember that picture. Your life is a hurricane. I know that. All of our lives are a hurricane. But remember, there's an eye to the storm. Remember one name that Jesus went by was I am. Which is right now. Jesus said, I am. I am dwells in you. When you look at the stars, right? Just know that the creator of all that dwells within you. And there's an enemy that's trying to drag you to the future or drag you to the past. There's no peace there. And you can't live there. You can't live in the future. You can't live in the past. But there's fruit to be had right now. And all the glory to God for that. 
So I just want to encourage, and again, not that we win all the time, but I just want to encourage people we can win more often than we have been winning. We won't win them all till we get there. But hopefully we're winning more now than we were last year and the year before that. But I hope that you see Scripture as relevant. I hope you see it as good news. It's what it means, what the word means. And I hope that you can get plugged into a group or start a group so that you can encourage each other and others to live. But again, we stress this over and over. This is not some behavior modification program. It's not. This is not. We're not behaviorists. We want you to live. Right? And as, as you've probably heard people say before, I'm not sinless, but I sin less. Right? Two words, right? It's, I'm not sinless. I'm, I sin less than I used to. You're a saint. You're forgiven. Right? These are things in Scripture that talk about you. You'll be presented blameless with great joy. You're a child of the King. Right? You're sanctified. You're perfected. Right? Hebrews 10.14 says, By one sacrifice, he's perfected for all time those who are sanctified. So people like to say, I'm not perfect. Because we draw our identity from our behavior. I find, especially with men, we can't talk to each other without asking, what do you do? <clears throat> what do you do? Well, men always think they're talking about, what do I, what do, I do for a job? <clears throat> well, I answer that sometimes. You say, well, I'm a saint. What do you do? That's who you are. That's what I like talking about. Because there's life there. Right? I've lost jobs before. Jobs can come and go. My identity is not anchored in a job. My identity, your identity is anchored in Christ. In the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. It's there for all of us to enjoy. And keep in mind that others enjoy that, right? You are a fruit tree of the fruit of the Spirit. You enjoy it. Others around you enjoy it. And I'm grateful. And I've said this before. As I look out here at these faces, (laughs) this perspective up here, of all the different stories, I know there's hurt. I know there's pain, right? But there's also incredible encouragement too when I look at these faces. I am so, so grateful for all of you. And I think you're all wonderful. And God loves you. And he likes you. He gets you. He understands you. Whatever your personality might be, he created that. He just wants to flow through it. He enjoys you. He just wants you to enjoy him. And when we will enjoy him the most is when we allow him to function through us. We close out in prayer. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this day. The uh, Lord, I just thank you for all of these people. I thank you for you dwelling within us. I thank you for your spirit. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for what you've accomplished and what you're doing. And Lord, I just pray that we all just come to a further understanding of, of 
what you've done and what you, where you are and how you dwell within us and how we're seated in the heavenly places. And how as just a wonderful, wonderful parent, you just want the best for us. And as children, I just pray that we all further understand just to trust you as to what that might be. Thank you for making an abundant life available. And Lord, help us to all understand what that means. And Lord, I just pray for great, great encouragement upon everybody here today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.